You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Well, welcome, welcome, and a very happy Sunday to all of you. I hope you're having a good weekend and getting some downtime to just relax or do something fun that you enjoy. I'm Cindy Gilman. I'm your host for today. And I want to thank you, all the listeners, for spending a part of your Sunday with us. Um, I truly appreciate all of you who listen from wherever you are whether you're here or overseas. I know many of you have been listening to past broadcasts, uh, but today we are alive. (laughs) We're we're alive and live, streaming live nationwide and worldwide. And thanks to modern technology, but especially thanks to Doug of BBS Radio for his expertise and help us to navigate us through this hour. So thank you, Doug. He doesn't want to say hello to me today. My pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Um, It's good to hear your voice. Um, I want to mention that Discover Your Potential is a program that is aimed to inspire, enlighten, encourage, and motivate you to look within and listen to the wonderful guests that we have. You'll be hearing them talk about their journey, their creative process, and how the universe pointed them in a direction to live up to their potential. Sometimes we may be working or living in what we feel is where we belong. And then something occurs to force us to make a change. Sometimes change is difficult. But after we make those changes, we realize there's something more going on. And we are pointed in a direction that we should be in. Uh, I want to mention that... uh, It's no coincidence that today, October 20th, is National Youth Conference Day. Conference, confidence. I'll be all right tomorrow. Today is National Youth Confidence Day. And this day is set aside to encourage us to connect and inspire today's youth for tomorrow's success. It celebrates the energy, spirit, and potential of young people. This day is an acknowledgement of all they are able to accomplish. So if you have young people or work with young people, we hope you'll take the time to celebrate their goodness. Often people are only eager to point out something that a young person is doing, either something wrong or by accident or an action. If you can shift 
gratitude and compliment them on even the smallest thing, the smallest deed, the smallest chore, I'm sure you can find something that you feel grateful for that they've performed or completed. So just being who they are, for every soul wants to be appreciated and noticed. Now you have the opportunity to call into this program. Hope you have a paper and a pen. The number is 888-627-6008. I'll repeat it. 888-627-6008. We welcome phone calls if you'd like to speak with myself or with my guest today. If you do call in, please use your real first name, or you may not get the real answer you're looking for, for somebody out there may share the name you're giving. So give your real first name. I'm sure Doug will take that in a specific topic or question. I want to read something that I found And I think uh, it's very apropos. There is inside you all of the potential to be whatever you want to be. All of the energy to do whatever you want to do. Imagine yourself. Not picture yourself. Imagine yourself as you would like to be. Doing what you want to do. And each day... Take one step to follow that dream. And though at times it may seem too difficult or too difficult to continue, hold on to that dream. And one morning you'll awake to find that you are the person you believed in. So... We have a very interesting program today. I know many of you are sports fans, celebrity fans, art enthusiasts, and today I have nationally renowned and world-renowned Brian Fox, who is an artist, a painter, But he has a very interesting specialty. He paints portraits of athletes and celebrities. And his forte and passion centers on sports and music. But his ability and experience extend far beyond that scope. And I will let him explain that. But Brian has painted some of the biggest icons of our time in sports, in the entertainment industry, from Jackie Robinson, who I had the pleasure of meeting in New York, Keith Richards, Derek Jeter, Jim Morrison, Mark Wahlberg, who's from my hometown in Boston, Gene Simmons, Johnny Depp, my one celebrity crush I had. (laughs) So, without further ado, Brian Fox, welcome to Discover Your Potential. 
hey, Cindy, thank you so much for having me. Oh, but thank you, first of all. I know today for you is firmly, family comes first day. So <laughs> I, I truly, truly appreciate your spending a part of this day with myself, with the listeners. And I'd also like to thank your wife for sharing you during this time. <laughs> because I know. <laughs> so please thank her uh, for letting us borrow you for this hour. Yeah, no problem at all. I will tell her. I'll pass along that message. You had a nice family dinner? I did, every Sunday. It's a great family dinner, every Sunday. <laughs> Excellent. So my, that's did you have my something? Wife sent me to start dating her. She, you should send me food. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have for dinner? Oh, uh, it's the old classic uh, Portuguese, old, old rural Portuguese uh, family dinner. So there's not just one thing. There's usually about five or six different entrees to pick from every Sunday. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably it's half amazing. the people and, can't get up, up from the table afterwards. No, no, and there's only ten of us, and, and you'd think there were fifty, you know. So it was, uh, <laughs> and, and it's always, you know, go home with some food for the family, and, and it's, absolutely, it's, you know, that's all. Yeah, part they of speak it. no English. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's it, it's great, and we've been doing it for. Gosh, I've been with my wife for. Let's see. 26 years now, so, yeah. It's, uh, 26 <laughs> years and seven lifetimes. Yeah, it's great. It's great. The simple <laughs> life is the best for me. <laughs> so what was your favorite item on the menu today? Today, I had some fish. I had some uh, rice and, and um, some pasta, and, you know, there's some chorice, which is great. It's great, you know, the way the Portuguese make that. And, um, mm -hmm. I had plenty Plenty of it, and then the, uh, the, the 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 homemade breads that they they have the homemade Portuguese oh, rolls. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, yeah. excellent! Oh, excellent! All good. <laughs> well, and I, I went home it all from here. It must have been wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was great. You have such an interesting journey as an artist because you started out in college, UMass Dartmouth, as an illustrator. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Started out as an illustrator um, and and learned the commercial uh, side of the art world, which is for our listeners. What aspect is that? Well, in the commercial world, uh, essentially, what what school prepares you for as you, as an illustrator is you're going to learn how to uh, you learn how to draw, but you learn how to take assignments. You uh, deal with an art director where they say, "Look, we need, for example." Uh, a book cover, and the book cover is going to have a pirate on it, and, and you kind of deal with people, and you deal with deadlines, and you deal with um, uh, tight deadlines and different things like that, and specs, like, hey, the painting needs to be this big, or these are the proportions. There are a lot of guidelines involved in the commercial world, and uh, in doing that, it kind of hones your skill as a professional in, in any bit, in any field. And, you know, you have to show up for work, and you have to put your time in, and you have to, you have to answer to somebody. So that's the illustration. That's a, that's it in a nutshell. And it could be any. I mean, it ranges from anywhere. You work for you know an advertising agency. You work for a newspaper. You could, there are many, many, many applications of an illustrator. But uh, that's what I essentially went to school for. So does it give you the opportunity to really use your creativity? It does, um, but 
they're they're you know you're dealing with a lot. It's almost like dealing with uh, a pool of people where everybody has input into what's being created, and you kind of have mm-hmm. to follow uh, you know some of the some of the rules or some of the things that they want to do. And you learn to solve puzzles in a sense with your artwork. It doesn't allow you 100% creative freedom. Uh, but it taught me a lot of other things. Uh, taught me how to uh, to deal with people. It taught me how to um, have clients and, and 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 give them what they need. And and it taught me how to take a lot of criticism because you have to take the criticism. Hey, this isn't good. I want this change. I want that change. And for whatever weird right. reason they wanted it changed, you learn to take. You learn to develop a thick skin. <laughs> but if, when uh-huh. you do that, I believe you get you stay humble if you, and, and you you're able to learn and, and actually grow as an artist if you can you know take each of these individual people you meet along the way and and they're making you better really and and part of that you know whether it's art or music or any of the creative fields when people are criticizing your art it's so personal because it's a piece of you mhm True. It's, you know and that's I'm why saying? a lot of artists, it's tough. It's very tough to, one of the things when I'll go in and speak to schools or, or even kids uh, at a younger age and, and, and I talk to the art departments or I'll talk to the kids who are into art, is you have to learn mm-hmm. to develop a thick skin. And it's not easy. It's not easy to be yeah. out there to, and everybody has an opinion on your artwork, whether you ask for it or not. Right. <laughs> hmm. Put it on the wall so and after... everybody's going to tell you what they think. And they do. Oh, yes. After finishing college, where did it move you to next? I, out of college, I went to work on staff as an illustrator for a magazine, a magazine, a monthly magazine that came out. And what they had me do was um, there were different articles being written, and it was about, it was a computer magazine, and it was all sorts of articles. Uh, and they would just have me just come up with illustrations that would go along with the articles, dress up the, you know, these, these different pages and sometimes it was a full page drawing sometimes it was a quarter page these little or a little black and white illustration but i was on staff so i got paid full time and um in in the freelance world in the art world usually you get paid per illustration so size will dictate a price this was different Mm -hmm. where i had i got a full-time job i got a i got a paycheck it happened to be local near me um and when when they didn't meet meet me to draw i was lifting boxes and doing things in the warehouse so it was it was kind of a cool job, especially coming out of college where there are not many art jobs. So it was, it was, right. and I learned a lot. You learn, again, back to the deadlines, back to the specs, back to having a supervisor, back to having a boss. So you learn to, you know, show up at 8.30, leave at 5 o'clock. So. What about the T-shirts? The T-shirts, so after I worked at the, the, um, the these, uh, magazine company, it slowly went out of business maybe eight years later. Uh, and then I kind of went to uh, a newspaper for a year, and that was a terrible job because it was such a fast-paced, crazy um, industry. I left there and went to work for a T-shirt company. And it, people think it's something out of somebody's garage, and, and those exist, but this was a multi-million dollar T-shirt company. Wow. And, and again, having come from the commercial world and dealing with bosses and um, supervisors, Again, I was stepping back into that same commercial world where you had a boss, you had an art director, it was an, a full-time job, uh, you showed up, 8 o'clock, you left at 4 or 5, and you came up with all your own ideas, but when you ran them by the 
you know, your supervisor or, or the owner, they would change a lot of stuff. Hey, well, how about this? Or I have an idea for, you know, a, a, a dragon T-shirt. Or, I have an idea for a, a lion T-shirt or whatever it may be. And they allowed you to come up with all this creativity. But they would, they would say, hey, change this, change that. And then you had to create it so it worked on a T-shirt. So you had to figure that out. You had to make screens. And so there were all these technical aspects of the job as well. Uh, and then the great part was you worked in a room full of other talented artists, much more talented than I was. And it, to me, it was a uh, pool of people to, to pick from. Right. And they were, these guys were phenomenal. These guys were phenomenal. And, and you just go over the wall. You'd watch what they were creating and how they did it. And you watch their process. And, and I would always pick their brains and talk to them. And, and, and you become friends. And I ended up working there for about seven years. I think it was about seven years. Wow. So you develop a long-term relationship with these guys. And, uh, and you, you know, you, you hang out with them, and some of them paint on the side, and some of them, you know, do other things, and you just stay in those creative circles, which really had broadened my horizons a lot. And we took classes together outside of work, and 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 then you find other people to learn from there too. So it was really a, a, a I learned a lot, and uh, you know, we we worked on a computer at, at that job. Almost ninety percent oh, of the really? job was on the computer. Yeah, and, and I had never. So everything was illustrated on the computer. Yeah, you started out. I started out with a sketchbook, a real, a regular sketchbook, and then you'd scan in the artwork, mm-hmm. and then you transfer it into the computer because it streamlined it for the business. So you could turn it I into see. screens very quickly off of. You could make changes very quickly on the computer. So time is money when it comes to the commercial world. And right. like I said, we were doing stuff for the Grateful Dead. We were doing stuff for Star Wars. We were doing stuff with Walt Disney. We were doing many, many things. As in addition to whatever we could come up with, they you know that there was a sales staff there that would take our designs and sell them. Uh, so it was, it, it was quite the range of, of, of subject matters that we would, we would work on. Uh, and again, it, so you know, it, you learn, it's it, actually it, a part ahead. of your education. I was just going to say that it's exactly what it was. I'm sorry. And yeah, no, that's exactly, you hit Cindy, you hit it right on the head. It's, it, it was part of, it's just furthering your education. And, and that's, isn't that life in general? Like if, Everywhere you go, you, there's somebody to learn from or somebody better than you. You can always pick, a, pick their brain and go, hey, how did you do this? Exactly. How did you do that? And the Internet, now you look out there and you see all these talented artists. You go, oh, my God, there's so much to learn. I'm never going to learn it in this lifetime. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it was, and that was kind of a microcosm of that. There was these six or seven different artists. They all had different styles and they all had different approaches to things. And, and there was always something to learn from these guys. And after you left there, you became Mr. Yeah. Mom. Well, so, uh, yeah, and, and I didn't expect to leave there. It was just one of those things where me and my boss had an impasse. And I, 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 working for that company, you know, put you on a stage, again, in the commercial field and in, the, in, that, mm-hmm. in the apparel industry that if you went off on your own, your name was already known because these other companies wanted you to work for them. And that, that kind of dried up because, you know, we didn't leave out of, we didn't leave off on a good note. And, and the other companies just kind of backed off on me and said, Hey, you know, we're not going to hire you. We heard you signed a non-compete, even though that wasn't true. Um, and everything that I thought when I left the company that I was going to step into, which was to continue to work in the apparel industry, totally dried up because nobody wanted to work with me without, because they just, they didn't know, Hey, if I sign that non-compete or not. 
Did, so, did you happen to hear what I said at the beginning of the program, how sometimes the universe steps in or wherever you go for your highest spiritual source, God, the universe, sometimes things happen to force us to make a change. And at that time, it seems uncomfortable, it seems difficult, but then it points us in a different direction. Oh, sure. It was... And, and again, me being a Christian and, and you know, believe in God, and he, I, let me go back just before I left my job. So, and I'm going to, we talked about my wife, and you got to understand, my wife is not an artist, a, a crazy artist like myself. She's a, a yeah. very conservative, <laughs> she's very conservative, because it, it, it sets the tone for why this was such a, such a step of faith that I took, where um, she's an accountant, a conservative accountant. So it's the opposite end of the spectrum from where I'm coming from. And we had one uh, child and one on the way, and, and we have a home uh, that, with a mortgage. And when you tell people, hey, I feel like God's telling me to quit my job, and you get this mm-hmm. look like, what? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so, oh, right. Like, are you crazy? Yeah. So, you know, and again, like, people will go, well, you must be married to an artist who just kind of encouraged you. No, I'm not. I'm, you know, that, again, she's a Christian. One of them, kind of going, Okay, this is a huge step of faith where um, I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. And, and like I said, I have one kid, one on the way. She's pregnant, and, and we have a, a mortgage, and, and there was a lot on the line, and everybody's going, oh, you're crazy. What are you doing? And, and, and then all of a sudden, these things dry up a month or two after I leave my job. Um, so now I become, like you said, Mr. Mom, because by default, She's got to work. She's bringing in the steady paycheck, and I'm going to try to get my career going in the apparel industry, but that's hard right now because nobody's going to hire me, but somebody's going to take care of the kids, and somebody's still going to pay. We we need insurance, you know? When you decided that it was time for you to be Mr. Mom and for your wife to work, how old were the children then? Well, one was, she was pregnant with one, and the other one was a year, just under two. So, you know, young. (laughs) And And then uh, when she had the baby, you were taking care of an infant. Correct. She had three months off from maternity leave. And again, she's always worked. She's always been a a professional. She's a CPA. And that's detail, detail, detail. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, on, on... you know, taking care of the family, taking care of the house. And you learn a lot that way, too, because, one, you, you realize how hard... You realize how much she did. parent is. You all, and, again, we're trying to... When we were both working, we're trying to juggle that around. And, um, that was hard to do, and uh, it became, you know, chaotic. But we looked at it as, well, all right, well, at least one of us is home with the kids. And right now it's me, and, and I do the best I can. And at the same time, um, you know... In between, I'll try to get work. I'll try to find work. And when you come home from work, I will go into the studio and I'll try to work. And I'll, and I'll almost take on a sec, you know, find work at night, you know. So it was, uh, and that lasted for years. It was, and it was not easy. I mean, there was, there was tough times, arguments, and it was frustrating. And it was, uh, it was, it was difficult. It was a difficult time. When did you start doing the portraits? 
I, I again, I always liked sports. I always liked you know the celebrity stuff, and, and I would always draw them, even when I was younger. But I started to do them. This is I quit my job. I think this was in two thousand and four. And if anybody's a fan of baseball, they would know in two thousand four the Red Sox had gone to the World Series and, and essentially won the World Series the first time in eighty five, eighty six years. So uh, in Boston, right. we're very yeah, we're very ravenous fans around here. So that opened absolutely, the door. I grew up with yeah. the Red Sox. <laughs> so you know how crazy we can get up here. Oh yes. But that's a, that became to me that became something like well. Uh, that's a fan base, and that's a potential collector base for for artwork. If if, if people like the Red Sox, well, I'm going to paint something Red Sox related. There's got to be a lot of mm-hmm. people out there that are going to want it. But at that time, again, I'm trying to get my career going. I just quit my job. I have to take care of kids, and you see this spot on the radio, on the TV as I'm watching these. You know, during the season, the for ALS, uh, for, or better known as the Lou Gehrig's disease, that Kurt Schilling who yeah. just came to the team, was kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing a public service announcement. And I, I asked myself, like, well, what is this? And I started watching it. I didn't know what it was. You know, they're asking for help. And I have no money. And uh, I called him up and said, hey, look, I can do a painting of Kurt. I think if he signs it and we auction it off at maybe one of your events, we could raise money. But I, I can give you my painting. I, I just don't have any money. Uh Fast forward to the end of the season, we get into the World Series. They're like, hey, can you do that painting right now? At first, you know, wow. okay. So I did the painting, um, and they won the World Series, so everybody was really ravenous for anything Red Sox related. And Kurt Schilling at the time was one of the biggest athletes on the planet. You know, he pitched through the bloody sock. He had, you know, he did beat the Yankees. It was, it was you know, something a movie is made out of. And then I just did a painting of him with the bloody sock and, we auctioned it off for thousands of dollars after the World Series, and he signed it. And, and I got wrapped up into all the media going on. It was a cool little side story, Red Sox-related, that I kind of got swept up in, which helped bring me to other collectors. It was, very, again, very, very slow, very slow process. It took years for me to even be able to survive on the, the artwork. But that was, I would say, the first key pushing me in the direction I'm in. I didn't plan on doing all these portraits or working for uh, celebrities or, or athletes. I mean, I was planning on doing T-shirts. You know, this was not my plan. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, God was looking out for me. The thing that is so interesting to me, you, you often choose a celebrity or an athlete that is involved in a for with a passion for a certain cause. Yeah. And that to me, I'm, that compliments you as a person. I mean, can we talk about some of the people that you that you have done portraits and the causes that they're involved with? Of course, yeah. Um, with, okay, and, and it hinges on the Kurt Schilling thing, where Kurt um, truly helped these people and, and was a champion for the ALS, and it was the Boston Foundation. But because he was such a visible athlete 
in in this in the Boston area where the sports teams were on a wave of success, including the Patriots at that time, and and the Bruins and the Celtics. So, right when when I worked for Kurt Schilling and did some work for him, and I did it for a few years after as well. People in those circles will now look at well, he's working for Kurt, he must be okay, or if Kurt yeah. trusts him, I trust, I'll trust him. So it allowed me to kind of leapfrog into different circles and they knew me because of that connection and then that connection grew for charities where i worked with uh patriots hall of famer matt light and he i to this day i still work with him and i've worked with him for mm-hmm. over 10 years and he's become more than just somebody i work he's become a dear friend but i love what he does with his charity um steven tyler from aerosmith another one that again through the people that I've worked with over the years, he's become a friend. And he now has this incredible charity called Janie's Fund, and which helps abused girls. And right. Again, Let's, can we talk uh, about that a little bit? Of course. That, of course. That's, yeah, what do you want to know? That's something that I'm passionate about, about helping girls and girls who have been abused. Mm-hmm. Um, did he actually start Janie's, Janie, Janie's Friends or... Did someone else, and he got involved with it? Well, I think it's kind of like a faction of what's called youth villages has always helped um, abused girls. And they have different places that they open up and bring uh, girls at all different ages, and they help them, and they counsel them, and they get them out of bad situations, but they also counsel and, and, and advise them and, and work with them. So when Stephen came along, or they got Stephen to come in, he wanted to go on, and there's a song, Janie's Got a Gun, and Janie's Got a Gun is about an abused girl. So they kind of took mm. that, and they even said, hey, how about Janie's Got a Fund? And it became, you uh-huh. know, um, right? So there was a play on that, and he's now become the spokesperson for uh, Janie's Fund, and for the last three years, I want to say maybe even four years, it, it's been going, and he's, championed that movement as well as um, raised tremendous amounts of money. So um, that's kind of like they were, they existed in, from my knowledge, they existed and he kind of now has partnered in, but also is, has invested himself in too. So he's not just a name on a, on a, on a plaque somewhere. He's part right. of it. He visits these girls. He, they he's, come in. He's, he's actively he's hands involved. On. He's actively involved and he's hands on. So, uh, because you know, where is their main uh, office or their main? I'm not sure. I know they have one in Boston, and I've met the folks at Boston. And I want to say it's. Uh, is it nationwide? I'm not sure. I do. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a main headquarters, and I want to say it could be Memphis or uh, Nashville. I'm not sure, but they do have different places around the country. And they set up these youth villages for and, and they're able to get these girls and get them out of situations that are abusive mm-hmm. um, and help them on a psychological and yes. physical yep. and spiritual way absolutely so that so they, so that they can all, move forward in their lives that, oh actually, that's their goal and, and yeah you see what they do and it's extensive is really the point and, and because it's extensive, it costs money. 
and and the money that Stephen's been able to raise or and raise awareness to it has been phenomenal. Brian, can you hold on the line so we can take a short little break and I'll come right back to you? Sure thing. Okay. Uh, you're listening to Discover Your Potential. I'm Cindy Gilman with my very special guest, artist Brian Fox. We'll be right back in a moment. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. Today, I want to remind everybody that uh, today is... What did I do with it? National Youth Confidence Day. And how apropos that we have been talking um, about Steven Tyler's interest and passion for the cause that is called Jamie's Fund that helps abused girls. Brian? Is Brian with us? Yeah. There you are. I am. So, um, I know you've you've done portraits of many, many sports figures. Um, when you do a portrait of someone, do you do it from a photograph, or do they sit for you? Both. If I can get them to sit still long enough for me, I'll take photos. Uh, they won't sit for me for, to do a live sitting. Right. They're just too busy. But I've done it right. working from both and for different reasons. Uh, sometimes, you know, they, somebody requests a certain photo uh, that they like, or other times mm-hmm. I'll be able to go, hey, let me come by and take some photos, uh, and then work from those that I've taken. But you seem to capture their inner self, their inner soul. And that that takes a lot of empathy for you to look at a photograph and then to be able to capture those qualities. So yeah. what is the process you go through? I don't know if there's a specific process that helps me to capture that other than just trying to make it look like them and capture who they are the the process i can explain is there's two one's a technical process the other one is just trying to immerse yourself into or, or not into it but like who they are like watching a, mm-hmm. a, enough film about them reading up on them you know immersing yourself in, in who they are and what they do and what they stand for or what they do on the field best or what their you know what their character is or, or personality is. So that do you have some favorites? Uh, the next one is always my favorite. Like so, uh, <laughs> I, when I do, well, you know what I mean? Because I always look in, at the end and go, ah, I could have done it better, or I could have done it a different way, and it would have been better. So I always look to the next one. There's an old expression. 
you know, paintings are never finished. They're just abandoned. And I believe that. I just kind of oh. go, all right, I'm done. So I just, they, they get so frustrated. You just go, all right, I got to I gotta move on to the next one. I got to abandon this one and move on to the next one. So, mm. um, but, and you, know, and I, you I, did I a number of baseball cards for the Topps collection. Yeah, that was years ago. I don't remember what year it was. Uh, it was kind of a cool project. My, I have a manager now, uh, and he kind of said, hey, look, I got an, I, a project that came across my desk, Topps Baseball Cards, mm-hmm. looking for artists, and many artists do this. Um, they're going to send me some blank baseball cards. They want you to actually draw a sketch on them, and they'll take them, and they'll put them into um, the packs randomly, and whoever buys these packs will, ran- will get an original drawing from a number of artists, you being one of them. Yeah, so it was kind of a cool project. It was really fun to do and kind of a novel thing to do. So were they a number of different teams or from just one or two teams? They gave me a, uh, a list. They said, hey, look, here's the list you can pick from. Um, or it, Well, they gave me a list of people I had to draw, and then they gave me a, pe- uh, a list of people that I could pick from and you know i took i think mm-hmm. it was babe ruth i did i think i did ty cobb and and they were kind of wow. cool to yeah it was kind of cool you know what I mean? and then you know you see them on ebay you know months later and, and people are collecting them and yeah, but did like you I do said, mickey mantle i want to say i did but i can't remember there's been so many different paintings and drawings and projects i'm now having a hard time remembering half the stuff i did <laughs> right so i know it's, uh, right, right. yeah it's awful <laughs> And as you get older, sometimes you forget even more. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me. <laughs> it's getting worse. Yeah, it's getting worse. And you have kids in the mix. You're like, why? I, mean, I can't remember any. I write all over my hand. When I go to these football games and I'm up in the suites where many business people are in and they're you know, professionals and CEOs, I wander in and when they give me their phone numbers or they're telling me things, I'm writing all over my hand. And they kind of look at me like a freak. They're like, hey, you want a piece of paper? I'm like, no, if I have a piece of paper, I'll lose the paper. I'm <laughs> never going to remember it. And they just start laughing. But it helps me to write it all over my hands. So you've done a number of the Patriots also. Yeah. Again, that stems from the Boston area and, and Kurt Schilling and Matt Light and having their trust and then creating some artwork that you know, they use for their charities that has now spun off to me working with Tom Brady many times. And then, uh, his family, mm-hmm. um, you know, Rob Gronkowski, uh, many of the other Patriots as well. Uh, the owner of the Patriots, now, Robert he, Kraft. He's, uh, he, uh, Gronkowski, he, he's become a spokesperson for a product that I refer to a lot of my clients and that's the CBD Oil. Oh no! Kid- yeah, I know he's become a spokesperson, but I didn't realize you uh, you, you you have it. You, you do that. I when I'm doing healing work, and um, I've I've often recently because it's become so not only popular, but it it truly does help people. So um, I I heard that he had become a spokesperson for CBD oil. Hmm. I haven't. Um, I, uh, yeah, that's. I haven't had a lot of experience with that uh, CBD oil or anything like that. But it's very intriguing. And uh, you know, I think where athletes, uh, you know, and, and especially 
football, hockey, they get bashed around so much. I would think that, you know, they need this. <laughs> they yeah. need CBD. Well, I, and I, I want to say some of the leagues have it. It, it. It's a banned substance, even though it's, you know, so. No, this is not a banned. This is not. This isn't banned. This this doesn't have that other ingredient that makes people high as a kite. No, no, no. <laughs> this saying, is no, and I agree. But I think even the but the leagues will ban even though things are not illegal. They ban even legal substances within their their own league. Like the NFL is very strict on what they allow and what they don't allow. So these guys so they even can't they even benefit put from the it, oil they can't use on it. them. No, I don't know if it'll. Sh- but it doesn't have be- that ingredient. Yeah, they listen. Well, I don't know. They're very strict, and and uh, but other leagues might allow. Them. It's just it's a, it's very strange. Hmm. Even though it would work, there's many things that would work that they just don't allow them to use. Right. Now you also did some work um, with uh, Miracle on Ice. Yeah, that was um, that was a while ago. What how that came about was a, a private collector came to me and asked me to paint a painting of if if people don't remember the miracle on ice was the 1980 olympic u.s olympic hockey team beating the russians and mm-hmm. uh back then that was a david versus goliath story beat them it's con- widely considered one of the biggest upsets in sports history and a collector came to me and said hey look i have um a potential of having this whole painting signed but i need you to create this uh, it's going to be mm-hmm. signed by the entire hockey team i said oh, okay wow. so i did it and then I was allowed to accompany the painting being signed uh, to, with some of the players. And I got to know some of the players, Jim Craig being the goalie, and he being probably the, one of the most famous guys on the team. Um, long story short, we've become very, very good friends. And it's been an amazing journey just talking with that guy alone. I mean, I mean, he's part of sports history. Then he's talking to you about different things, and he's – actually helped me out many times in mentoring me on the business side of things over the years. So it's, it's, it, that was a great and project who is to this? work on. Because the, the man's name is Jim Craig. He was the goalie on okay. the, um, on the, on the, te- on the, um, the hockey team. And because mm. I did this painting, I was able, I got introduced to him. You know, when I first met him, you know, he didn't know who I was and I didn't, you know, but the guy's iconic. And, and again, this was, I don't know what year I did the painting, but since then we've struck up a friendship and, and, and it's been great. You've had such a wonderful journey of meeting interesting people and and befriending them and being a part of the causes that, that they believe in. Um, you I wonder sometimes when you reflect on that, did you ever think that this is where the universe would take you? No, because you know I was like I said I I, I had what, what's that old expression everybody uses you know man plans God laughs. <laughs> you know? So that's right. Got, that's right, and right, that goes right, in right. all everybody different knows languages. That. And, and I feel right. part of that, but at the same time, um, yeah, no, I had this was not in my plan, and and again, so much better. But and again, it'll change again, and and 
it wasn't always this way. It won't always be this way. And that's why I always think you got to treat people right. Um, mm-hmm. Regardless of where you are, if you're at the top or at the bottom, you just don't know because eventually you're going to be back. It's a cycle. Um, and you don't get anywhere without other people's help. They, you know, everybody sees me doing right. the artwork, but they don't see my wife who's in encouragement. Or go back to when I was a kid and my parents encouraged me to be an artist. You don't get that too often. They Especially did. up in the Northeast. Because right? you, without the encouragement, you don't get anywhere. You really don't. This is so, and this is what I was talking about in terms of um, today being National Youth Confidence Day and how important it is to celebrate the energy, spirit, and potential of young people. A lot of young people, and, and if young people are listening now, um, they may not have gotten the encouragement from their family or people close to them. And maybe a part of what we can do for them is to let them know that if they have a passion or a dream and they're not getting that support or encouragement, let us give that to them. Oh, for sure. Here's, I would say this, and when I, when I talk to people, especially young young kids and one thing, your talent is not a mistake. You were That's born right. with something. You and no, you could be, you could be, you could be a doctor. You could be a lawyer. You could be a, an accountant. Those are talents. Everybody has them. Everybody has maybe at least one, if not two, three or four more. It is not a mistake that you were born with this talent. So I try to encourage people. You know what I mean? You can, you can make a living at it. It's it's not a mistake. People, even though others may not recognize it please it's 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 not a mistake it's and i look at mine as just a talent that i was born with i can't take too much credit for it and it's on loan and i don't want to screw it up meaning that i don't want to be selfish about it there's a great quote from picasso and 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 i, I okay. love it because it, it's it's fitting it's the meaning of life is to find your gift but the purpose of life is to give it away so it goes back to your other i love about, that i love that the thing about the charities. So I found a way to try to give back or whether it be my time where I go in to speak to colleges or elementary schools, I've gone to speak to prisons and I don't take a dime for it. It's it's because when my life is over, I have, I want it to count. I'm going to stand before God and go, Hey, you gave me this ability. I didn't waste it. I didn't just keep it to myself. I didn't just, I wanted to, Brian, you, and are, then you could put it you in the hands very... of other people. You are a very generous person with your talent. Well, I appreciate that. It's very generous. It's not always easy because you have to pay rent and you have to try to of figure course. things out. But but it's and it's it's hard because you know when you when you give to to one person, ten other other people come out and say, "Hey, well, can I have?" Put and, their and hand after a while, you're like, "Yeah, right." And, you, and there's so many good people that need help. So right, and, and so what I've learned is. You try to put what little I can do, a painting. I mean, who needs a painting, right? But if you put it in the hands of... A lot of Stephen people Tyler, love painting. Yeah, but I, to help somebody else, you put it in the hands of somebody like Steven Tyler or Tom Brady or Gronkowski, and they take it, mm-hmm. and they auction it off. And because they connect themselves to it, it, it adds... They can make a hundred times more to help somebody else out than you. But you just got to be willing to give, and, and just even if it's a little bit. So 
and I try to. And they use it for their cause. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's I just kind of I'm just I'm just kind of a cog in the wheel, you know. I just but you got to kind of, in my in my opinion, you kind of have to offer that up. You have to. It comes with offering it as little as it is, just a little bit. You know what I mean? And give it to somebody else. Right. They can we, do great you know, good with we. It. One of the things that you said is is so true, because I believe people come in to the world, into this lifetime, with certain abilities and gifts. Um, I was a child performer. I sang professionally from the time I was six years old. And I truly thought that this is what I would spend my life doing. I I sang concerts. I... Um, then I went on to Emerson College. Um, in fact, Henry Winkler and I did our first uh, our first acting scene together. And, <laughs> That's so cool! The fun. <laughs> yeah, he, he's. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping we can get him on as a guest one. Oh, one that would be great. We we did our first acting scene together, and I used to tease him and say, "You know what, Henry." You just wanted me to do the first acting scene with you because I'm the only female in the class that's shorter than you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, so we would tease each other. And, you know, after I had transferred to the conservatory because my voice teacher, who was like a second mother to me, um, said, I'm taking a position at the conservatory and I want you to come. Uh, and I said, but I love Emerson. <laughs> anyway, I did I did transfer, and, and that's a part of where I was led, because at the time, when I transferred and was studying at the conservatory, I was also doing a local uh, TV show as their opening vocalist, and a well-known comedian came in as a guest and she said, and I won't use the language she used, she was a bit on the blue side, <laughs> um, she said, what are you doing in Boston? And I said, I live here. And she said, not for long. And so she <laughs> brought me, she brought me to New York and her manager took over my career and, um, you know, it, it was a whole different aspect of the journey. And I got to perform with some wonderful people. I got to perform with the Lionel Hampton Orchestra. And I got to perform with some very well-known uh, comedians and performers. And, and then I just started really, everything intuitively just started opening up. And as it turned out, I just packed up, moved back to Boston, and my whole work shifted as a holistic practitioner. So I, I know what that, that journey is like, that twists and turns that pulls you in different, different directions. But before I go on a tangent, I'd like to spend the rest of our time talking about a very special project you're working on now. 
and that's with the veterans. Yeah, that's. Um, you that's, sound excited about that. Well, because they, it's it's fun to paint the sports, and it's fun to do the celebrities, and, and it, that has its place. But there are projects that come along, and I've had a few that go outside that scope. And and this particular right. one is working with the Vietnam veterans. And anybody who knows history knows how how awfully these guys were treated, how tough that war was, and how awfully they were treated when right. they got home. So it was a double jeopardy for these guys. So I lost classmates in that war. It's it just and and, and there's the, you know, the, uh, yeah. the draft was was on during that time. They were drafting people, and mm-hmm. uh, and I remember. You know, it was just, and and the way they were treated when they came back was horrifying, just horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then I had taken my son and with a school project, and we went to Washington D.C. and saw that beautiful memorial that they did the wall. Hmm. Now. Your project with the Vietnam vets has something to do with the wall, doesn't it? Correct. What they're doing is, um, in in the city near me, they're constructing a permanent replica of that wall for New England. Wow. I happens to be right near my studio. And I was approached wow. by Vietnam Veterans Council, and they said, look, what we want you to do is um, create a painting, that we're mm-hmm. going to use to raise money to build this wall. So what we'll do is we'll, you'll create this painting. We'll make copies of it. Whoever buys copies, the money will go towards raising this wall. I said, all right, mm-hmm. I'm in. Um, however, when I said I was in, I didn't know what I was in for because I, I had asked them. I said, look, I would really like to sit down with certain with veterans, whoever you guys decide, come into the studio and talk to me about if they're willing to talk about what they want me to create. They don't have to give me specific, you know, uh, subject matter, but the message they want to send to people. So whoever buys this painting, whoever buys the prints, wherever they go, I want it to mean something that you guys want it to mean. And it's right. been an incredibly they, powerful journey. Yes. And, and not only were they able to tell me, uh, I've, again, been so fortunate to to have a relationship with these gentlemen where an open dialogue they've come back and forth to the studio many times they've called me they've 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 come in and looked at the painting and and again so instrumental in creating this work however we just have and i i I don't want to interrupt you but we only have one minute Oh, okay. And I want people to know where they can get in touch with you. All right. Well, uh, you can find me on the Internet uh, on my website, which is brianfoxstudios.com, or mm-hmm. on Instagram, which is very easy to follow, at, and it's just the at sign, artist, Brian Fox. So if you look me up there, I'm on, I think there's a Facebook page, uh, Brian Fox Studios fan page somebody made for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another way. And, a lot and of I'll these... put it up on my website oh, okay, as great. well. Perfect. Brian, it has been an absolute delight talking to you. Same here. And I thank you 
uh, I'd like to talk to you after you finish the Veterans Project, and we can talk more about it. And I want to thank you for sharing part of your family first Sunday with me, and thank your wife again, and um, have a great rest of the day, and God bless, and thank you for your wonderful talent. Thanks a lot, Cindy. Have a great day, and thanks again. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. This is Cindy Gilman, and you're listening to Discover Your Potential. So until next time, do something nice for yourself, but be like Brian. Do something nice for someone else. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. Hello, I am Ron Hayden of Voices Unlimited. I've been writing and voicing radio and television commercials, toys, games, corporate sales and training, and so much more for over 25 years nationally and globally. I will write or co-write and voice your radio or TV spots, on-hold messages, or whatever you need. In one of my many voices or celebrity voices, custom characters, or an announcer voice. A great gift idea. Have me make a celebrity phone call for a special occasion. Just go to www.ronhayden.com to sample my voice demos. Email me at rhvoices1 at msn.com. I look forward to working with you in a high voice, a low voice, or just my voice.